You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. Good morning and welcome to America's Web Radio. You're listening to David's Pick on America's Web Radio, as a matter of fact. And uh, we've got a very special guest on this morning that you're going to love, and we're going to talk to him in just a few minutes. But as we've started doing our thing here at uh, America's Web Radio, which we've always done, actually, uh, we're going to take a few moments and if you go to our website, the first thing you'll see on our homepage is that um, you've got what's called J. Roy Ritchie Memorial, and uh, it's Veterans Praying for Veterans. And if you have someone that you want us to uh, mention on the air that's a veteran and having some kind of medical problems or any kind of problem that needs prayer, we will be glad to pass their names on for you. So... Um, Let's take just a moment. We'll take one minute out, and uh, we'll have a little bit of uh, sound effect going on in the, the music going on in the background. But we'll be back in one minute with our special guest, Mr. Mike Roman. Thank you. And uh, the other thing that we do here, and Mike, I know you remember this, but uh, we're going to uh, play our little bit of a cadence call just to get us up and going, ready to march, ready to go to the field. Sounds awesome. I can do it, and we all said I can do it at one point or the other. You know, back when I was in in basic in uh, AIT, and we'd be uh, on that forced march in uh, dust up to our knees almost, and uh, either our platoon sergeant or our platoon leader would start up a cadence call. You couldn't help but get a smile on your face and knowing... I can make it 
the next half mile, or I can make it the rest of the way, whatever the case might be. Were you ever there, Mike? Oh, gosh, yes. And you couldn't help but get a smile on your face when they'd start up a cadence call, could you? Nope. Nope. No. Uh Uh-uh. There's something magical in knowing that you're suffering like everybody else. (laughs) That's true. That's that's very true. And, uh, but... You know, I'm, I've mentioned this a number of times, and um, uh, by the way, I want to mention that um, Mike's a Vietnam veteran, and uh, I've mentioned this before, that uh, there were many, many times in BASIC and AIT, and I was 11 Bravo, and, uh, you know, why in the hell are we doing this? This is about as stupid as you can get. And now at 74, every now and then I'll think back, well, I know why we did that. And the military is great because they have a purpose, and they've been practicing for, what, 240 years now? Yes, sir. And um, they, you know, and, and this, by the way, I want to salute Warrior to Citizen, a group that helps warriors transition back into being civilians because once you get in the army they know what they're going to do with you or navy or coast guard or whatever it happens to be they know what they're going to do with you where they let us down or let some folks down is they don't know what to do with us after we get out and uh, this organization warrior to citizen is great because they fill the gap be it uh, a problem with PTSD, a problem with whatever the problem has happens to be, they are there for you. The other uh, thing that I want to mention, uh, Mike, is that we in Atlanta, Georgia, have a wonderful, wonderful opportunity to support our veterans in many, many areas, and one of them is just learning about them, and that's the uh, Georgia Military Veterans Hall of Fame. That's in downtown Atlanta. It's it has a director that <laughs> has to be one of, if not the nicest guys I've ever met in my life. Rick uh, White is awesome. Yeah. Uh, he, uh, he he can't say enough about the good man. No sir, and uh, he will do anything. I think he's I think he's the epitome of he'd take his shirt off and give it to you anytime he needed it. He'd, he he could get the shirt off has, his back. He has that. Excuse me. He has that phrase. Uh, from Isaiah that goes uh, we need food or we need something who will go and the response is here I here am I send me right that's Rick yep. that sums up Rick it does very good yes I I couldn't agree with you more and he served a couple of tours in uh, Vietnam and uh, two now he's two got two uh, tours now he's got uh, his son is is uh, I don't want to say taking his place, but certainly carrying on the family tradition. And we want his son to, is now a full bird. That's that's fantastic. Uh, so we want to salute him as as he goes as a full bird. Well, he'll come home with a star in a couple of years. I would imagine so. He's cut from the right cloth. Yes, sir. So we we decided, or I talked to uh, Mike yesterday, and um, you know I'm personally as well as many of the folks that uh, 
we interview and many of the folks that whether they're in the military or weren't in the military, we're still still there is one common denominator right now, and it's what politically is going to happen. And um, you know, I'll you'll hear different people that unfortunately. This is a problem that we have today. As much ability as we have to research something before you speak, a lot of people speak because they think they know when they really don't, and they're putting out fake news or fake whatever. And our show, uh, The Doctor's Lounge, with uh, Dr. Scott Barber earlier this morning, we were talking about socialized medicine and how it will destroy our medical we have the best medical system in the world, and socialized medicine will put us in the ranks of Canada and the U.K., and that's why they come here for medicine. But, uh, you know, we have, again, in my opinion, the second best writing in the world, and that's our Constitution. And it's very clear in the Constitution, which I'm not sure many of our representatives, be they House or Senate, have ever read. And I still wonder if they are reading it. And uh, I certainly wonder about a few of our folks that have power that uh, seem they seem to be abusing it. And, they, and I hear frequently people talking about, well, they'll just call out the military if anything happens. Well, there's a thing called posse comitatus in the Constitution. And beyond popular belief yes the president can call out the military if we're being invaded by a foreign country but our military is not meant to fight our populace our civilians and uh, this is something that uh, the governors that's the state responsibility and states have their national guard which a governor can call out and then, if need be, can be federalized by the president. But the president can't call out the National Guard, can't send in troops from Fort Hood or Fort Bliss or any place else. Uh, that goes against our Constitution. So how do you feel about all of this and what's going on, Mike? Well, um, I got to say, I... I my oath is still valid, and uh, the, the oath I took to become a member of the Army said that I would defend the Constitution of the United States against all enemies, both foreign and domestic. Um, what's going on now with some of the uh, politicians, and, and this is happening to both the Republican and uh, Democratic Party, that there's this cancel culture up. Uh, if somebody doesn't like what you're saying, um, they'll ban you from Facebook, or they'll ban you from Twitter, or, or they'll ban you from Twitter and Facebook. So you have no more public voice. Um, which is the First Amendment. Which is the First Amendment, which now they're attacking our Constitution. We have an oath to fulfill. And that's all I got to say about that. Well, I I agree with you totally and uh I just I want to 
whatever happens, I want it to be constitutional and legal. And uh, our many of our representatives and senators need to take a look and read. You know, you can read the Constitution in virtually a few minutes. It's not that long of a document. And uh, I'll, I'll read it maybe once a month, maybe once every six weeks. I don't know, just just to sort of refresh myself on if I've forgotten anything or if I want to make a point from the Constitution. And, uh, you know, the Constitution is very clear on in the Second Amendment, the right to bear arms without any infringement. And some of these representatives, particularly a idiot from Texas, which hurts my feelings terribly because I'm a Texan at heart, uh, but this lady uh, represents Pasadena, which is down by Houston, and her name is uh, Shirley Jackson Lee, and she's come up with some of the stupidest bills, or has presented some of the most stupid bills I've ever heard from heard about in my life, and uh, that could get our country into real problems if they ever if they were to ever pass and try to be enforced. My question yes, is. Who would enforce them? That's you know that's the right question. But you know there there's one thing. Uh, did you know that Biden is still president elect Biden? He's not president Biden. President Trump is president Trump until March fourth. That's in the Constitution. Hmm. So all these bills he signed, these executive orders. Uh, yes. You know, he's smarter than the whole rest of the damn country. You know, he saw his shadow on um, (laughs) Groundhog Day, Mm -hmm. and I heard he's got 20 more uh, executive orders coming because of that. Mm. Well, he may outsmart himself, you know. (sighs) Yeah, yeah. He's He's been bought and paid for by the Chinese. Yep. I agree with you totally. And, and uh, why why Nancy and Schumer and Schiff haven't taken up that instead of trying to, I, I don't know what, jail Trump for protecting the United States? Uh, they belong on the gallows. Well, you know, I... It's been incredible, and I, like I've said, uh, you know, our our public, our voting public, needs to be, they're lazy, and they need to go out and do research. There's no way that anyone with a lick of sense could have voted for Biden, as one of, as a friend here says, they didn't vote for Biden. They voted against Trump. Well, they voted against Trump because they don't like the way he combs his hair or the way he, he uh, tweets or whatever. That, to me, that's insanity and totally irrelevant. What I care about is what somebody has done. And, uh, you know, in it's my childish opinion, and immature. Yeah. In my opinion, Trump had a, has a full bucket of accomplishments. And Biden has an empty T 
tin can of accomplishments. 47 years. Yep, and never done a thing. And, you know, I've got this thing, too, and let me ask how you feel about this. I'm I'm very pro-military, and I'm very pro-first responders. I've been fortunate in my life to have been in both situations. But be that as it, as it may, I don't feel like anybody should be in Congress that hasn't served in one shape, form, or fashion or another. Uh, and uh, one of my biggest pet peeves, and I'm sure that you appreciate this one from Vietnam, and it's been even worse in the Middle East, and that's of somebody that's never put on a uniform, never put on a pair of boots, never carried a weapon, lugged a pack, backpack, and makes up rules of engagement. You mean like McNamara? <laughs> like McNamara and like Pelosi and like Feinstein and, you know, how do they know what it's like? They've never tromped through swamps like you did in Vietnam. Uh, they never were in the desert uh, of the Middle East. And uh, we had uh, Bob Pennington on the other day, and uh, Bob was and and this is I, I would I would bet you, Mike, that we could go to Congress right now and ask them what 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 was the last horse soldier in in America or. Uh, when was the last group of harsh soldiers that served, and where did they serve? And I'll bet you dollars to donuts that there's not one member in Congress that could tell you the answer to that. No, no. But you know, David, I, I, I'd like to take it. I understand your your you know Congress should have should serve, but I want to take that a little one more step further. I think that. After high school, or before you start college, or before you start a life, you have to serve. My, I believe it's three years is the right amount of time in public service of some sort. Military, you know, uh, maybe your uh, assistant. You you work with fire departments, or you work with the police departments, or you work with human resources, or you work in public health. I think three years of that would change the way people think. People are so ignorant about so much only because they don't know and have never been exposed to it. So expose people to it. Well, I, not like you're going to catch germs and or you're not going to die and go to hell. I mean... Uh, well, Mike, we need to take a break right quick, and when we get back, I'm going to add one word to just what you said, and it's literally one word. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls of all ages, join me, Roger B., every Tuesday at 1400 hours right here on America's Web Radio for the Locked and Loaded Show. We will talk about guns, weapons, ammo, gun accessories, prepping, and so much more. So be sure to join us every Tuesday at 1400 or 2 p.m. for Locked and Loaded on America's Web Radio. If you live to serve and want to make an even bigger difference, consider joining the U.S. Army. With training in fields like medical care, linguistics, and engineering, an Army career can amplify your efforts with humanitarian opportunities all over the world. Plus, you'll receive competitive pay and incredible benefits, so you'll be taken care of, too. Learn more at GoArmy.com. 
You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. And we're back on America's Web Radio with David's pick and our special guest, Mr. Mike Roman. Mike, what you were talking about, uh, I agree with. It's sort of like what uh, they do in Israel, that everybody has mandatory service. The one thing that, the one word that I would add to that, and that's why I'm sort of, I lean towards pro-military as, as opposed to uh, just uh, public, public service. service, but even at that, public service would be better than what they're doing now. But the one word that I would like to add to it is discipline. And <laughs> the military teaches you discipline, and it also teaches you leadership. We never talk about that. Whether It doesn't matter whether you're a... We all, everybody's gone in the Army, gone through being a, a private, then a private first class, and then uh, E-4 and E-5, et cetera, et cetera. But in the meantime, as you're gaining rank, you're also learning leadership skills. Maybe you're a squad leader, then uh, uh, you get to be an E-6, E-7, you're a platoon sergeant, or at some point you may decide you want to become an officer. And But the military has one advantage over public service, in my opinion, and that's discipline. You're absolutely right, David. Uh, yeah. And we could use a whole lot of discipline these days. Well, parents aren't being parents. Nope. No. They, they raise kids, they hire a nanny, and they go to work. Yep. And, uh, you know... Let's let's sit down and talk about it. Well, sometimes you need to make sure their bottoms are warm before you have them sit down. You know, <laughs> just in case they've they've caught caught a chill or something like that. Yeah. But you know, parents, you're right. Parents need to be parents, and this is this is what has been pointed out in every city with problems with teenagers, and that is they come from a a family, a split family possibly, or or one parent family that's trying to raise them and make a living and everything else. And it's really, it may not be the kid's fault, but at least, at least we're gaining a recognition of that, where the problems are coming from. And it's, it's like I mentioned, the uh, warrior to citizen organization you know a, a guy that's just served a tour in or a woman for that matter that's just served a tour in Iraq or in the Middle East somewhere and they come home and they're used to giving orders or taking orders and all of a sudden you know they're they become Mr. Fix-It again or this or that and there's an adjustment period and the government has never finally they accepted PTSD, but we've always had PTSD, shell shocked or you know traumatized yep. by whatever of war, and um, you know and and these veterans need help, and that's why we're doing this show, Mike, and why we do our other veteran shows. And uh, by the way, I want to mention um, uh, Pete Mecca did. <laughs> A great show yesterday with Peter Wolf. Do you know? Happen to know who Peter Wolf is? I know the name, but I can't place it. Okay, one, it's a her, 
and okay. uh, she's uh, uh, <laughs> she kidded about being a half breed. She's not a half breed. She's a Cherokee Indian, and um, she served in the military, and then she served as a sheriff's deputy. And the lady is just absolutely fantastic, and a lovely lady, lovely to talk to. And by the way, her her husband died of Agent Orange, as a matter of fact. Um, but you know, she's got a great attitude and just uh, just a lovely person to talk to. And this is something that I find very interesting. And and this is part of what I was saying about discipline. The I have been so blessed. And Rick White has been a part of that, and that the guests that I've had on, the interviews that I've done of all the veterans, and gosh, it's getting into the hundreds now, that they're just nice people. And they know what discipline is. They're on time. They're, you know, and it's it's a great honor to be able to interview yourself, who's in country, and um, talk about the different issues. And uh, thank you, by the way, for your service. And uh, we uh, we all raised our hands. It's just some of us didn't go overseas. But uh, you know, well, you know, that got drummed into me early. Both my mom and dad were in World War II. Wow! But my dad's mother and and I grew up first in Detroit in a house with four generations so I learned to speak all the native tongues <laughs> um, I taught I learned to speak, speak Polish Lithuanian Russian German and English wow you you were in demand when you got in the military then I bet <laughs> I'd forgotten it all but the reason I'm saying that is because and, and I'm trying to research my grandmother, and I, I, I just haven't done this, and, I, and that's terrible of me, but my grandmother's ancestry. Hmm. Because when when we were young, Grandma would show us shoebox shoe, after shoebox after shoebox after shoebox of pictures from the German concentration camps. Oh, wow. My brother uh, inherited all my dad's and mom's pictures. He called me the other day. He found one of the pictures. But the reason I'm saying this is because one day, and Grandma did this a lot, she chose the pictures. And then one day I said, Grandma, why do you keep showing us these pictures? And what she told me, and she always used to call me Mikey. She said, Mike, which was, you know, my dad's name, which means that's the grown-up way of addressing Mikey. <laughs> the reason evil exists in the world is because good men do nothing. She was giving me an order for the future. And when... When I got fed up with school and didn't know what I wanted to be with when I grew up, there was the military because the military was helping these oppressed people in Southeast Asia and Vietnam. And there were atrocities by the North Vietnamese. And that image my grandmother placed in my head 
that if I thought I was a good man, I got to go to defend those poor people. Wow. What a lesson she taught. Yes, sir. You know, I guess in many ways, and again, I've talked about this before, is that we came back from World War II, and there was Hollywood, in many cases, glamorized war, and there's no glamour in war, and probably Vietnam was the first really dirty, nasty conflict that we were ever in, and found out how in the world can a human do that to another human being? And now we've seen the same thing in the Middle East, uh, where they have, I mean, some of the atrocities that have gone on in the Middle East certainly are comparable to, or in some ways, those of the North Vietnamese on their own people, the South Vietnamese, as well as the Americans that served in Vietnam. And uh, you just wonder how how can a man do that to another man? And uh, I was having a talk with uh, with uh, uh, Peter Elizabeth Wolf, the American Indian that was on uh, Pete Mecca's show yesterday that came out as a major in the Army. And uh, I, I said, you know, I have personally no problems at all with women serving in the military, none whatsoever. But I said, you know, and her name's Peter, <laughs> and uh, there's, it's an interesting, very interesting story why her name is Peter. But I said, Peter, you know, the one thing I have a problem with is I've always considered myself a southern gentleman. And I can't imagine a woman in combat being captured and what, if they'll treat men like they do, what they would do to a, a beautiful woman. And I said, you know, I just, I hate the thought of women being in combat. And I hate the thought of them. And it's not that they're not capable in many cases, particularly of being pilots. Certainly they're capable. But the thought of a, a lady being shot down and captured just drives me nuts. Yes. My daughter, my uh, my wife and I have three daughters. The oldest one has a friend who's from Israel. She served. Mm -hmm. And after she served, and, and she was still living in Israel, she was raped by a, 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 a band of Arabs. Mm -hmm. She has a number of medical issues from that. She's here in the States, married an army guy. They've since divorced, but she has a, a, a son who has some health issues as well. Hmm. And my oldest daughter um, met her because they, they both those ladies have endometriosis, and my daughter's a bit of an activist and uh, is part of a group and found her. Well, she got to know this woman, and they corresponded. The woman was coming, going up to Detroit for some health uh, issues, and uh, my daughter lived in Pittsburgh. I'm from Detroit. I've taken them to Detroit. We've seen all the sites. So she decided to meet this woman up there. Well, she got to know the son, got to know the woman, and the woman was close to dying. So 
she Teresa, my daughter, asked her if she could be the the person who got the child after she passed. Well, I am so proud of her. I think that's just awesome. Yes, sir. We're, on that note, we're going to let people think about it for a minute and uh, take a next break, and we'll be back with Mike Roman right after this. Perhaps you are struggling to cope with the disease of addiction. If not, you probably know a family member or friend that needs help in battling the cravings and the personal and professional damage done by the effects of drugs or alcohol. Get a pen and paper and be ready to write down the following. These are the issues that the trained staff at the Atlanta Healing Center address and treat every day. Their doctors and counselors with over 40 years of practice in the field of addiction can treat the suffering individual in a thoughtful, compassionate, and experienced manner and guide him or her along the path to recovery. So call 770-696-9862 and speak to a knowledgeable staff member about how you or your loved one can be helped to enjoy a better and healthier life. More information is also available on the website at www.AtlantaHealingCenter.com. Whether cruising the Strip at a 57 Chevy or taking the family on a vacation in a 71 Oldsmobile Vista Cruiser, you need to tune in to Classic Cars with Steve Ronaldo and Jim Weber every Saturday from 8 to 9 a.m. on AmericasWebRadio.com. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. And you're back on David's Pick on America's Web Radio, and we've got E5... Mike Roman, and you know, Mike, I appreciate the fact that uh, you know these officers. And most of the time, we we've had many, many officers on. And you know, the sad part is they make me stand at attention the whole time I'm doing the interview. <laughs> and uh, you know, you ain't any better than me. That's what I got out as, as an A five. So you know, Rick White is not that way. I no. want to tell you. I'm teasing about that too. Uh, the uh, officers. No, no, you're not. <laughs> yeah, no, I really am because the officers have been very gracious, and uh, you know, well, that's good. I, I've always felt like, yes, I did my part. I raised my hand. I gave my six years to the country, uh, but I didn't go in country, and I have, like everybody else that grew up in our time. In the, you know, in the 60s and uh, early 70s. And I always felt like I didn't do my part. And uh, you know, so. David, you know, you shouldn't feel that way. You did do your part. You did what was asked of you. Just because you didn't get sent to Vietnam or anything like that, it, it shouldn't make you any less. Yeah, you don't get to have some of the medals other people have. But. I, I don't wear my uniform very often either. Well, you know, that medal and uh, $7 would get you a scotch and water at a bar. <laughs> yeah. But it's, uh, you know, it's uh, love of country, and it's a shame that, well, you know what we were going through in the 60s, and yep. uh, it's not a whole lot different from what's happening now, and I guess one of the biggest slaps in my face, and, and God knows I'm sure yours as well, but was 
just even coming home from uh, basic and AIT, and a couple of times between basic and AIT, I, I got to travel a little bit within the states, and knowing, yeah. knowing that I was ordered not to wear my uniform, well, I, I felt like at the time, hey, I just went through basic, I made it, and I'm not making a big deal out of it, but I made it, and I'm infantry, and why shouldn't I be able to wear my uniform and my and my uh, blue beret and uh, or uh, not beret, not beret? What am I trying to say? The blue uh, uh, braided arm braided arm, yes, yes, and and be proud. And yet I was ordered not to wear a uniform, wear civilian clothes. And to see the reaction of our country towards veterans, Vietnam veterans at the time, was just deplorable. And I hope that that never happens again. And I hope it doesn't happen today. And people have to understand what it means to uh, raise your hand. And anyway... So I don't have to stand at attention. I, I am relaxed. I'm sitting down. I'm on camera <laughs> and probably making people all over the country sick as dogs. But uh, <laughs> anyway, uh, okay, what, what what was your MOS, Mike? I was a 31S30, a crypto, uh, excuse me, field crypto repairman. That meant I traveled around sometimes in Vietnam fixing Compute, uh, crypto machines that enciphered voice, radio, or teletype. Hmm. You know that. You know that's. I had to get a uh, top secret cr- uh, clearance, and my you know one of the things that goes with that is with crypto access. So, you know, pres- the presidents don't have access to crypto gear. Hmm. I didn't have access to the, you know, to the switch to throw the bombs and stuff, but I had one part higher than the President of the United States um, worth of secrets in me. That's interesting. You know, this is a good time, again, to throw out that if if you're a, and we don't have very many high school kids that listen to us, that's for sure. But uh, we do have college graduates listening to us, and uh, if you're a grandparent or a parent of a high school graduate that uh, doesn't know exactly what they want to do yet, and I'm, t- I'm addressing both men and women, the military is, is the answer. Just check it out. They have, just like what you were saying about crypto, um, how many people even know about what you did? And uh, there's, there's so many fields in the all the branches of the military that you can find something you're interested in flying drones or you're interested in this or you're interested in that and the military has a place for you and uh, yep. it it's the greatest experience it's the greatest again i don't think i've interviewed anyone that won't say something along the fact that one they met the people that they they're still in contact with, they met made friends in the military, and and what was funny, most of them have said it's the ones that they met in basic or advanced training or whatever you happen to be in, but uh, you know, but it holds true with uh, 
I don't know that you have friends from Vietnam, but I'm sure you do. And, uh, you know, well, it's just I on and call on. any one of 35 people, and I'll be here, you know, on, a, on the next plane or 10 hours by car. Um, could, could you loan me about a dozen of those? <laughs> they'd, they'd say, David who? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. A lot of people do that, as a matter of fact. <laughs> But, no, there, there is just a camaraderie in the military that a lot of people will never have, and that's too bad. They'll never know. Yes, and, uh, and, and let me tell you one more thing. There, there is a core of about six of us that send some of the nastiest emails to each other, you know, just holding them accountable for what the uh, one of the two parties is doing. And... We get mad with each other, but guess what? At the end of the day, we're still friends. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you, you, one of the things you learn in the service is that your opinion is just as valued as the next guy's. And so, and they may be totally polar opposites, <laughs> but guess what? The two of you have one mission. And that's to protect each other. Mm-hmm. Cover your and, six. Yep. And uh, a lot of, you know, here again, uh, a lot of folks that have never served don't understand what what it is. And th- this even holds true in basic and AIT is that you've got a buddy or you're depending on that guy next to you to take care of you in one shape, form, or fashion. Maybe it's on a forced march, and he just sort of puts his hand under your arm and says, we're going to make it, you know? Yes. And uh, whether it's bullets flying or not flying, it's covering your buddy, and that's that's what the military teaches. And You know, you, you made a comment a few minutes ago about um, some of the strangest things. Why did the Army do some of the strangest things? Do you remember the quarter mile you had to run with some, carrying somebody on your back? Oh, yes. And <laughs> it was hard for me, as small as I am, it was hard for me to find somebody that I could do that. But I did it, and I won a trip to San Francisco. <laughs> and, uh, yes, I remember that quite well. The Fireman's Carry, I believe it's called. Yes, sir. And, uh, oh, yeah, I remember that. And I guess my worst part of it was uh, as short as I am <laughs> I haven't got the leg stretch that taller folks have you know and yeah. uh, a forced march ate my sack lunch up but even worse was when it was on a I don't want to say road but a trail that had been used by tractors and all it was was a bunch of dust and you couldn't hardly breathe in that stuff, you know? Yeah. And uh, But I was very fortunate. I did my basic in AIT at Fort Ord, California, and it was gorgeous. Oh, Absolutely tough gorgeous. Tough duty, tough duty. Yeah. Well, I mean, it was, it was uh, you know, and, and in AIT we did uh, survival, escape, and evasion. And if you got caught, guess what happened to you? you Go got, ahead, tell me. You got waterboarded. <gasps> waterboarded oh my god you know and 
I didn't get caught. I was I was the platoon leader, and I didn't get caught, or my platoon didn't get caught. We made it through and didn't have to worry about any of that. But a lot of guys didn't make it, and they got caught, and they were waterboarded. And uh, nobody died. And, you know, they didn't like it. They didn't want to volunteer to go try it again, but it happened. And, yeah. you know, this is, the, the, here again, this is, People making judgment calls that have never been there, never done that. And I have a real problem with that. Well, when you have Jeff Heal on, uh, he might or might not talk to you about his capture when he was in that escape and evasion as a Air Force pilot. Hmm. Interesting. Just ask him if he wants to talk about any of that first, sir, please. Sure, I don't know. Uh, I don't know if Rick scheduled that or not, but <laughs> I'll. Certainly... I think it's been scheduled. I'm not sure. Well, good. But he's Jeff's one of the most intelligent people I've ever known. Next don't to don't tell him I said that. Next to hello. Next to hello. <laughs> <laughs> no. Next to you, of course. No. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, thank you, sir. <laughs> no, I. Uh, I hope you're having a good time, Mike. Um, I am. We try to do what's right, and we try to make it entertaining to uh, the folks that haven't been there and and don't know what we're talking about. With that being said, we're going to take our last break before we we put the plug in the jug in about 15 minutes. So we'll be back with Mike right after this. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls of all ages, join me, Roger B., every Tuesday yes, at 1400 hours on America's Web Radio for the Locked and well, Loaded Show. We will talk about guns, about, weapons, you know? ammo, gun accessories, uh, prepping, and so much more. So be way, sure to uh, join us I'm every Tuesday at 1400 Mecca. or 2 p.m. for He's Locked and Loaded on America's Web yeah. Radio. Yep. And, Welcome uh, to America's Web Radio. This is Ron Bachman, on, uh, and you're listening to Healthcare uh, Insight. A couple of books. As well. You know, everything today is about COVID. But, yeah, he, uh, it's about he how the job. new administration, the Biden administration, is and, dealing uh, with the COVID. I think he's a member of one issue. I'm not and sure. They're expanding I, I think you're right. Take control of almost totally every part of our lives. He, uh, well, I live in Florida. And they're doing a great job he, he in getting does, the COVID vaccine like said, a heck out of a to job people. And, and he's quite cooperative. First shot, and and he supports us by in Florida, doing a lot of uh, social media. Round. And if you, so, if you know of somebody that we haven't interviewed the, that you uh, feel Pfizer, like would be a good interview, um, just drop me a line. So in a few weeks and now, also, I'll be bragging enough to, if you know people that can afford to help sponsor us. There's a lot of rumors yeah. going around. There's a lot I mean, of conspiracy I mean, theories. There's a lot of, of nutcakes out there yeah, talking about. I'm doing all of this out of my pocket, and my pocket's getting very dry. Um, Sorry about that. But you, know, you can always sell a couple of chickens. You got the, You're that listening to America's Web Radio cow. on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. No, I don't have cows. Listening. All I have is cotton and grain sorghum, and that's out in Texas. Uh, so... It's, uh, but I do, Ladies I and gentlemen, boys and girls of all ages, join uh, me, Roger B., every Tuesday at 1400 hours uh, right here on America's Web Radio for the Locked and Loaded Show. And we will what, talk about guns, weapons, Biden ammo, gun down. accessories, prepping, and so much more. So be sure to join us every Tuesday at 1400 or 2 p.m. Yeah, for Locked and Loaded on, on America's Web Radio. 
inflation that's going to occur. If you live to serve and want to make an even Scary. consider joining the U.S. Yes. Army with training in fields question. like medical care, linguistics, uh, and engineering. Uh, An Army crashing. career can amplify your mm-hmm. efforts with humanitarian opportunities all over the world. Plus, you'll receive and we had the answer to all of them. Benefits. His name so was Trump. So you'll be taken care of, too. Learn more yes, at sure. GoArmy.com. Okay, we're going to come back. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. And we're back on America's Web Radio with our guest, Mike Roman. And uh, Mike served in Vietnam, and I want to thank him for his service to our country and how much many of us appreciate what you did, Mike. And, uh, um, you well, know. It was my honor to be able to do so. That's, you know, as I mentioned, uh, all of the interviews, and I really don't have any idea how many we've done now, but, you know, the one thing that I can say across the board without unequivocally is that uh, I've never, and, and I'll bet you I know your answer too, if our country called and needed somebody with a, in a wheelchair or a walker, we'd still be the first to answer the call. And... Uh, I don't know of a vet that wouldn't answer the call. If here am I, send me. Yep. And uh, how true that is. Greater love hath no man to lay down his life for a friend. Yep. And uh, that comes. I mean, wouldn't that be a glorious way to go? Oh yeah. No question. And that's one of uh, Tonto Pronto's uh, first things he'll tell you. And uh, I don't know if you know who that is but he served in Benghazi and uh, he's become pretty well known and uh, uh, with his uh, tack glasses or whatever they call him but uh, Tonto is a is a great human being as well and you know there's just something about veterans and or people that are in the service and I always ask too that if you're in an airport or you're traveling or just any situation you see a veteran wearing his I served on the USS whatever or a person in uniform and that can be first responders or military buy him a cup of coffee buy him a drink buy him a dinner buy him whatever and they will appreciate it but I can guarantee you across the line it will make you feel so much better than you felt all day long and you'll keep that in mind the rest of the week, and it'll make your week. No doubt. No doubt. I've experienced that. Yes, sir. Well, we have to show our love for the military and our first responders because they're the ones that take care of us. They're the ones that take care of our families. They're the ones that ensure our freedom and peace across the country and they're, they're my heroes. I don't know about you, Mike, but they're you all know, my they heroes. Are, you know, I know one. Uh, didn't know he was a first responder until you got him to sit down and tell a story. Uh, I worked with a company in Florida doing their business management system implementation. And the president of POTS, the, you know, that portable on-demand storage group, mm-hmm. was a medic in New York City. He was part of a team that were scraping a bunch of people up off the off the street 
and got back in the ambulance and said, hey, you know, God, I just can't do this anymore. And he'd been looking for some kind of other job he could uh, to, you know, get to provide a good living to his family. And was on the am- uh, in the ambulance on the way back and in a uh, moving van came by the ambulance. And he thought, well, well, you know, somebody's moving. Maybe they're moving away from New York City to find a better life. And then he just thought about it and then looked around inside the ambulance and he said, you know, wouldn't it be nice if people could have a place to store stuff as they're getting ready to move and then you could move those little containers? He started pods. Hmm. And um, he's made a lot of people happy and he's made some good money and, and he's one of the best men I've ever worked with. That's fantastic. Speaking of work, you want to explain what Apex is? <laughs> well, they're changing their name and I can't remember what the name is, but it's it's a professional association that certifies operation and supply chain management people. Um the organization here in Atlanta started, I believe, in 1956, and they're still uh, viable and they're still running today. Scott Lutton uh, is one of the principals with that. He's got his own company now. And uh, there's a number of people, and I'm sorry, I, I, I'm not been sleeping well lately, and Chris Barnes is another one of those people. Uh, they've kept that chapter going. I was president back in the 90s, but they've done a very good job of, of helping that cha- that uh, Apex chapter survive. And uh, they, Apex has educated, I don't know how many millions of people around the world in what it means to be an operation or supply chain management professional. Wow. And uh, I, I worked with that organization for uh, a very long time and was so very fortunate to get put on a couple of committees to write exams. So the, the exams that people have to take to become certified are not easy. Because when I was in those groups, it would take us maybe sometimes 45 minutes or so to craft a question that had a one focus point and a whole bunch of very you know it could it could be this but is this the best answer kind of stuff and i we had more fun in that group and i think i did that for about 12 years and then health started hitting me and i just couldn't do it anymore wow but it's it's the premier group operations supply chain management professionals. I can't say enough good things about that group. Did, did you put in... Uh, did that answer your question? Yes, sir. And, uh, uh, you know, it sounds like a very interesting group that... Uh, and there's even some uh, veterans on there. Scott Lutton, I think, was in the Air Force, I think. You know, that's yeah. One of those almost military groups. <laughs> you think, huh? Yeah. 
almost military groups. Yep. I don't think yep. I've heard that term. But the Army, the Marines, and the Navy um, use the stars to navigate. The Air Force ranks hotels by stars. <laughs> I've, I, you know, my my youngest son uh, might take issue with that. <laughs> and, uh, Bring it on. <laughs> <laughs> you know, he. Uh, it's pretty bad when you have to salute your own son, you know? Yeah, I know. But things happen, and I'm very, very proud of him. He's a, he's a, he loves the be. Air Force. Pardon As me? You should be. Yeah, and, uh, you know, we, uh, I never went to him and said, you need to do this or you need to do that, or it was, everything's always been, we've left, we left our kids at the time when I was married, uh, to make their own decisions, you know, and uh, he has made great ones, and I'm very, very proud of him. And I, I, like I mentioned to you, I look for him to career it and come out with a star. And if if the old man can help, he will, obviously. But yeah, you well, know, I can say the same thing about my oldest and and well, all three of my daughters. But the oldest daughter uh, was working in Colorado. Her father-in-law, World War II veteran, became ill and too much for the mother to take care of. So Mike asked uh, his, his her husband asked her if they wouldn't if she wouldn't mind moving back to Colorado to uh, Pittsburgh to take care of his father. She wow. said, "How soon can we be there?" So she left a very good job with uh, the Dish Network was able to get back on with Dish in Pittsburgh, and not the same job, but uh, cared for that man, and now they're caring for the mother, mother her mother-in-law, wow. who is now suffering uh, dementia and has had a heart attack and probably is not coming home again. But mm. I, I called her the other day and just, you know, talking to her and, you know, trying to keep her straight and happy. And I said, so uh, you're going to take care of me? She says, Dad, I've been doing this for 20-something years. I <laughs> would like my life back. <laughs> so, no, go find a nursing home. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, um, she's right. Young folks have to have their lives, too. She most certainly you is. You know, but, uh, you know, I back to uh, Vietnam, what one memory... Do you recall? In fact, I'm gonna. I can't even. I'm gonna have to ask you that question when you come back on, if you'll Alrighty. if you'll grace us with your presence again. I I would love to, David. I really enjoy doing this. It it's cathartic. It really really is, and I appreciate you letting me that opportunity. Well, you're welcome, and thank you for your service, and uh, we hope that and for years other veterans will, uh, you know, please. Pass our name on to any of your veteran friends, and uh, we need to we need to get our listenership up, particularly with veterans. And uh, we do so many shows dedicated to veterans, and we will continue to do that. And with that said, we're going to have to put the plug in the jug and get out of here. Mike, thank you, sir. Thank you, sir. I appreciate you letting me on. I loved it. You're always welcome. 
You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening.